1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: Having game night with your besties? Dinner is done and you forgot the wine. Binge watching another one of your favorite TV shows or maybe the big game just went to overtime. No matter your reasons for wanting to stay put, keep your feet up and get beer, wine, and spirits delivered to you in under 60 minutes with Drizzly. And don't forget promo code FAST5 for $5 off that first order. Wait, 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 wait. So hypothetically speaking, let's say all my pants are in the wash and I'm currently indisposed. I don't, not sure where you came from, Chris, but yes, drizzly.com still has you covered. Oh, okay, cool. But what if I just got done swimming and I got to wait 30 minutes? Drizzly, that's not a thing, but drizzly.com. Okay, okay, cool. Just one more. So somebody just put a banana in my tailpipe, so I can't really. dot com. So you're telling me all I need to do is download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com And I'm going to save $5 off my first order with the promo code FAST5. The convenience of home delivery in under 60 minutes, the benefits of getting it when you need it, what you want, and great value on a huge selection. Man, I'm in there like swimwear, which is what I'm currently wearing because my pants are... Yeah, we know, we know. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. And be sure to type in the promo code FAST5 to save $5 off your first delivery. That's Drizzly.com.
3: When you love your team, you spend every moment wondering what they're doing. Well, stop wondering. Get Contour TV from Cox and follow them anywhere, anytime with the Contour app. Plus, use your voice remote to search and filter games or record one that starts past bedtime. Because even a 24-7 fan has to sleep.
2: Occasionally. Learn more at coxcom sports.
4: So, what do you think? What do you, what do you think? Are, are you happy that you have Nick Foles now? Is he the starter? No. I don't even know. He's what's that? Is he the official starter now?
5: Yeah. yeah he, so. um, they, they, yeah, they benched when they benched Trubisky, they made it clear that Foles was the guy going forward and that the Trubisky experiment was done. He, it's, it's just one of those things like, one of the uh, one of the radio guys that I listened to out of out of Illinois, he I think he put it best. Nick Foles isn't really going to win you like a Super Bowl, um, and I probably mean, the floors and ceilings. I mean, won he won one. a Super Bowl for the Eagles. On he had one magical run. Like let's be real. Like everybody That's glorifies crazy. like his one magical run, but uh, the guy was like, the floor the the floor is high uh, the floor is higher. With Nick Foles than it was with Trubisky, and the ceilings are about the same. The big difference mm-hmm. is, is that Foles, like, isn't stupid. Like he's not gonna like he's not gonna like make he's not gonna make the mistake that loses games for you the way that Trubisky has been. Like Trubisky has regressed in three years and can't Boy. read it. Like in the offense has been so simplified for him that they were running like 10 plays.
4: Is Trubisky like going to end nuts. up being like Tannehill though? Like is he's is he going to go like to Tampa Bay in two years and start just winning games.
5: I mean, if he does, I'd still have no regrets. Cause he was no. atrocious. I mean, and think about what, what they
4: gave for a one year starter from UNC. Like it's just. Insane. Well,
5: and that 12 and four season was on the strength of a defense.
4: You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. a disruptive defense that. Is it the same either? Like people are putting way they too much up I, I, for that guy. I'm, what's that? They traded up for that guy, didn't they?
5: Yeah, they did. I remember exactly where I was when I saw because I was it was Thursday, so I was bowling, and even though the rumors were out there, I feared they weren't true, and unfortunately, oh. it was Adam my, Schefter, uh... not Dave Meltzer, reporting, and therefore it <laughs> was
4: true. My my team took Daniel Jones, and he is. You know, tank for trash. Dude. He actually Dude. didn't look terrible against Dallas, but... Do you guys play the Jets this year? I don't think we do, but we play Washington this week, so that's going to be... Because, God, I
5: would, I, I would actually sit down and watch the Jets and the Giants. Because <laughs> Somebody's got to win, right? It's
4: funny. We were, we were laughing because we, me and my son were watching the Giants and Dallas, and we were like, this is like the best game of the week so far, and it's... Right. You know, and, of course, Dak gets hurt, which was terrible, and... So much, but yeah, dude, it was, it was crazy. Anyway, wait, this is like three minutes of the opening of the show now.
2: Hey, Hey, yo. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com.
0: Always use... Your head. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to wish.
2: Greg Demarco show.
0: Best in all his future endeavors.
4: What is up. It is yet another Tuesday night, Tuesday, October the 13th, week 179 of COVID-19. No, I just, did. I don't know. What week it? Do we know what week it is? Is there a counter somewhere, Patrick O'Dowd? Like there
5: maybe? is, but I have no idea because everybody started counter. at different times. That's like, true.
4: Like for me, it was uh, and and for me it was that that basically that Friday in March that they sent us home from work, and we're like, "Yep, right, we're going right. home now." And then we just never went
5: back. Literally, right after I got back from our hangout in Vegas, like was when yeah. was when like things started getting for real out here. Funny because By I way,
4: went back to Vegas to like a week and a half later and and right was sick during that time and may have had it like you never know so yeah who knows
5: funny thing i i'm back in the office yeah for well just for a couple weeks anyway but back in the office because we are we're planning to like every other school we're closing early the earlier than normal and we're making everybody move out so now we have to plan for that and oh man it's
4: crazy good times well, this is the Greg Demarco Show, which means my name is Greg Demarco. The Greg Demarco Show is brought to you uh, as part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can find at a very special place called the Chairshot.com.
1: The Chairshot.com. Always use your head.
4: Once again, that very special place is called the Chairshot.com. The Chairshot.com. Always use your. head. Head. You can follow the website at Chair Shop Media. You can follow me on all of your forms of social media at Chair Shot Greg. This show is also streaming on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts, and so many more. So, like, subscribe, leave us a five star review. And if you like the show, go tell a friend so they can listen and enjoy it too, especially this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Patrick Dow has no idea what we're talking about today. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get there here in a moment. Um, speaking of Patrick O'Dowd, you heard his voice earlier as we're talking some football and, and some COVID, because how can you not talk COVID these days? It's like ignoring the fact, you know, if a nuclear war was going on and we didn't talk about it, it'd be weird. Um, of course, we might not be podcasting. We might be hiding under a table or something. I don't know. We're building a bunker. and cover. Right. Building an arc. I don't know. But... Um, He is on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You might notice the lack of a female voice this week. Miranda Morales is off this week due to a prior family engagement, but you can still follow her on Instagram, not on Twitter, because she's a Twitterless heroine, at the hashtag Miranda. Patrick O'Dowd. You missed last week's show, of course. You were you were, you were on your thing. So at the beginning of the show, you mentioned bowling. We haven't talked. Is is that back? Is that not back? What's the status of bowling? Bowling's back.
5: Um, it it almost wasn't back for me. I, I almost decided not to. Basically, it was really. And you know, yeah, well, and not oddly enough, not for the reason that that most people would, would think. If I was just a regular bowler in the league. I would probably have not had a problem going back, but my role in the league. Right. I collect everybody's scorecards at the end of the day. I collect money from everybody. So all these hands touching shit. Right. Coming and I have to like handle it all. And so I bring like my own thing of hand sanitizer and it's no, it's no shortage of vanity, but uh, my league is such that nobody really wants the job that I do. So I had legitimate concerns about the league continuing if I didn't stay on and keep doing it. So I stayed on, and it's it's been different. We we're, the league's about half the size of most leagues right now because they're going on are about half the size as people hopped out, and that the bowling alleys are doing a lot of like safety measures and stuff that you would expect and hope for. Like you're not on top of each other. You have to wear a mask right. until you're on the approach hand sanitizer everywhere. So they're trying and it's going okay so far. I haven't had anybody report that they are sick. Uh, and I personally have you know, like between this and being on a campus with students haven't, haven't had anything happen. So the the precautions seem to be going okay. And hopefully it keeps going like that.
4: Now, and maybe this is my naivete. I don't know. does the mask really inhibit a bowler that much? What do you mean by inhibit? Like, couldn't you roll the ball with the mask on? I mean,
5: really? And um, people do. Like, okay. some people do. It's it's definitely like a comfort and a preference that's thing. True. And since nobody else is up on the approach, like when you throw because of etiquette, like you could pull the mask down. I personally like. It's funny because that's one of the few times I don't wear a mask is when um, mm-hmm. I'm on the approach throwing a ball. But oh. like two of my teammates they'll they'll keep it on.
4: Yeah, I, I personal so. preference and and like you said, I think it's safe. Obviously, you're you're doing well and and. Okay there. And so yeah, that's that's a good thing. So excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear the bowling is still happening.
5: It's it's a it's a thing, you know
4: what I mean? It's kinda like you and you're working out. Like except I've only been doing it since May. You've been bowling for like a decade.
5: True, but you you still like you can't deny that you're working out and your CrossFit stuff and and not just the getting in shape and like doing all that, but it is a nice little outlet for you. Like it's something that you do and you enjoy and when, when that was taken away from you, I remember oh, dude, the pissed. Greg DeMarco of, they closed the fucking gym.
4: I was so mad. And it was only a day, man. right? Then the, the gym opened back up, but we were sneaking in. That, like that's when we were. In. Fight Club Protocol, which was a lot of fun. Like you felt like you were breaking the law, but still doing it. Like it literally felt like you were going to some underground gym. Right. Like it was, it was a blast. Now it's, it's, they, they, so they tore down the middle wall of the gym. It's like a, it's in a warehouse complex. And so it was two bays. Um, I guess. I don't know. They tore down the middle wall and the place looks completely different now. It's crazy. I need to take some pictures, but I haven't. Um, they just did it
0: over the weekend.
5: Yeah, you, you don't take pictures?
4: No, I take pictures. I take more. pictures. I mean, than other
5: than pictures of yourself, I guess you know, right, like exactly how many how many pictures of Greg Demarco do I have on my phone of Greg brushing his teeth and taking a picture of himself? There's
4: Only two of the teeth brushing ones. It's it's the Greg Demarco special. It is. It's someone asked me to explain the pose. The toothbrushing is not supposed to be part of the pose, but it just lends itself to it. Yeah, it's been. I, I don't know. It's it comes from. I'm sorry, years of, you're 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 right
5: handed. My bad.
4: No, I'm left handed. You're, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. You knew that. Wow. Did I? You knew that. I mean, i left. have well, only been friends for over a decade. I, I should know that. Almost, we're closer to two than one decade at this point.
5: Get the fuck out of town. As I look at my old Yukon, right? Swag. The go. the one piece of apparel that was not like work, mm-hmm. um, related that I still wanted a work function.
4: I still um. I still have a Yukon shirt and a Yukon t-shirt, like a long sleeve t-shirt hanging up in my closet. I don't ever wear them. And I think, I think a long sleeve t-shirt too. I don't know. I got to look, but see, now all these things fit again. So I got to try. Oh, look
5: at you. Look at you. Like low key. A little humble brag. Yeah, no, no, I,
4: uh, bra- I, um, a I few mean, years ago, I you don't,
5: you don't, no, you normally brag, so like, right, exactly. Like, um, what's
4: what's humble about it? Now they're just now it's like like an actual accomplishments, so it's there you it's go. More fun that way. A couple years ago, I, I was gonna post this, I never posted it though. Maybe like three, four years ago, I bought two shirts on clearance at Target. They're they were larges, and I was like, by the end of the year, I'm gonna wear these shirts. And of course I didn't by the end of the year and I didn't forever. Well, mm-hmm. I can now wear the shirts and actually wore the shirts when my wife and I went away a couple of weekends ago. So. Oh, good for yeah. you. I don't know if I can do a lot of larges. It's, it's now they make things smaller and, and their, their shoulders. Are I, you
5: know, I, was, I was talking about this with the misses, the, the shoulders and the sleeves. Like, I don't know what it is now with t-shirts. Cause you know how I don't like yeah. sleeves and um, they're like, it's all like high up on the uh-huh. bicep. And like,
4: it's the vanity that Let's you've talked real. about before. Yeah,
5: the 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 O'Dowd doesn't really take people to the gun show. No, like they're, they're I, the, the guns. I've like, got to that there's, point. There's but I actually
4: bit. prefer. I'm picky too. I actually prefer the the, the more traditional length sleeve on a t-shirt. Than, right, right. Than, uh, I just I don't like the high high sleeves. Sometimes I'll put on a shirt and I feel like that's, it's a women's shirt, like with the way the sleeves are cut, and that's not that's not me. So, but you know it is. It is what it is, but, you know, humble brags aside, um, that is, that is you know, hey, yeah, you brought the CrossFit up, and, and you know not to open that, that Pandora's box, because the one thing about, one thing I've learned is that people that go to CrossFit love to talk about CrossFit, and I'm slowly sure becoming do. the CrossFit person. Not even slowly, I've become one of them. It's like becoming? Yes, one of us. Like, as soon as I showed up, they started champing. So, Damn pod persons. Someone actually w- was uh, uh, telling me that it, it, it's a cult for them. Like they, it's a cult. They're okay saying they're a part of. So, right. It's, you know, if they make me drink something I don't want to drink, and then no one else leaves the building, I probably won't do that. But then I will have to find a new CrossFit gym. But that's uh, so that, that's your informal update on bowling and CrossFit from Greg Demarco and Patrick O'Dowd. I don't even we don't have, we don't have Miranda here to sell T-shirts, man. Like, what am I? We don't. What do I, I mean, I should make you do it. Not- you, you do it for bandwagon Narrow You, you right?
5: want me to send people over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot? Talk about all the fine t shirts that people can buy, including Jesus Did the Job, hashtag save tag team wrestling, the plat balaz 2020 campaign shirt, buy the shirt but don't vote for them, all of the plethora of various ChairShot.com, Swag that you can get at Pro WrestlingTease.com forward slash the chair shot. You can even get the bandwagon nerds Price. shirt. You can get a winner is you. There's about a dozen Greg Demarco related shirts because they're all There's the chairshot.com. One. Plus, the everybody hates Greg <laughs> shirt. But I also consider the chairshot.com shirts Greg Demarco oh, shirts. Okay. They're yours too. And not only that, you, you can get them in either your standard t-shirt style at around 20 or so bucks. 20, but if you're feeling fancy, if you're feeling fancy, you can throw a couple of more dollars that way and go soft style and, and just feel a little bit extra with that soft style shirt. I know that's the preferred style of the queen of soft style herself, Miranda Morales, Greg DeMarco. I do believe you like the soft style I as do. well. I am what is known as a cheap bastard. And so my one shirt is of the hashtag Save Tag Team Wrestling variety. That's right, kids. I don't even have the shirt to my own show. I didn't I didn't buy that shirt yet. You don't. But yeah. I have hashtag safe tag. I, I know, right? But I do have hashtag safe tag team wrestling, which is probably my number two shirt anyway. Yeah. Um, but I went standard style. So get over there, support the shot.com support all these awesome pa- uh, podcasts. And once again, that's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot. Use your head and support chair Shot Radio
0: Network.
4: Well done, Patrick Redow. Well done. I like it. I do it on Bandwagon Nerds, you know. You do? Oh, I know. I, I listen to Bandwagon Nerds or I was listening to it. It's really fun. So this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds, you talk about how there's not much on the agenda. Show is over two hours long. It was not much on the agenda.
5: most of that is the boys.
4: And of course, and, well, and of course, and you decided to go, boys. you know, party of five again and have five people on there to talk about the boys. That like, was
5: the plan. I I, no I one, intended that show. To no be one listens
4: to me when I tell them what not to do, and they just say, "Fuck it, let's have." You've you've been on this show when we've had too many people. Like you've lived it. You know when too much is too much.
5: Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed our seven-point breakdown of the boys episode. I don't even know eight. what
4: point I'm on currently, to be honest with you,
5: which um, is unfair because you watched the show more. I than, you're still in on season one, right? But the like t- I'm two not. Two I even started in- it.
4: No, the the show. Then I but I can tell you, I am 54 minutes and 55 seconds into an hour and ten minute or two hour and ten minute broadcast. So
5: hey, you're almost you're almost to the commercial break.
4: There we go. Speaking, I, blame, I blame. that that's a great segue, Patrick. Go down.
2: pwx over the top shine and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only 5.99 per month get your free trial today at powerslam.tv
4: that's over 150 of your favorite promotions found exclusively at Powerslam.tv. So go to Powerslam.tv and you'll get a free week. But if you use the promo code ChairShot, you will get a free month. Now, a month is only six bucks, but why not try it out and see if you like it first and do it on us? Go to Powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot, get your free month. Again, that's Powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot.
1: TheChairShot.com. Always use your
0: head.
4: So on last week's program that Patrick wasn't a part of, we were lucky enough to interview Maggie Makowitz, one of the founders, co-founder of Not Dead Can't Quit, uh, ndcq.com. Just want to remind everybody, uh, because I have my promo code there, head on over to ndcq.com. Save 30% on your order. 30 30, 30%. It's the only one, only, only way you can save that much there whenever they want to sale. It's usually 20%. You can save 30% using the promo code DeMarco. I don't even get anything for it. Okay. They just set it up because we're trying to promote the brand and, and do all that. There's going to be more stuff to come. Interview did very well. Like a lot of people listen to it and, and, um and, and we're going to do more with it with them, but definitely go check that out. Learn about that here. Kind of a little bit of a different side of myself, of Miranda Morales. And of course, Mandy McAwitz here all about her late husband, Mac McAwitz, kind of a famous dude. Um, yeah, lots of fun. Lots of fun and, and definitely appreciative of that. So go and check it out and have a lot of fun that way as well. So Patrick, I talked about it with you, texted you today and said I was going to have a topic for the show. I was excited about it. And, and what how did I put it to you? I can't even remember what I how how I
5: said you, it. You basically were like, I'm not sure if I am going to tell you or just surprise you.
4: Right. I said it's a well, wrestling so topic. You were like, I want to. It's a wrestling topic, but I guarantee you, right. it's one you can discuss with zero advance notice. So, here's what I want to do, Patrick Godown. I want to see if you can figure out what it is. So, I want to kind of see if if, oh, you're, if you're able to you're gonna, guess. You're
5: going to quiz me again. You know how good I am at quizzes.
4: Oh, it's not. It's not the, uh, we're not doing a game show, so you don't have to worry about that. But let's see if you can figure out the topic. So, we'll intro music it, and then we'll let you take some guesses. It's time. so you know it's a wrestling topic you know it's one you can talk about at the drop of a hat no preparation needed no anything so give you three guesses what do you think we're talking about today
5: well even though i think it's probably not correct um the number one would be something to do with tag team wrestling Yeah, see, I I knew that was too obvious. Um, (laughs) No, it's not that. I was like, I'm not even going to waste a guest on that one. Okay. Um, So, given my interest, it's probably something old school, I would hope, uh, in the neighborhood of, say, either the AWA or 80s WWF. Mm Not in the ballpark there. Is it Roman Reigns? (laughs) Because that'd be my...
4: (laughs) No, but that's actually a great... That that would have been a great one to, to do, to be honest with you, like that. We could have. We could have definitely done the big dog.
3: Here comes the big dog. The big dog.
4: So three guesses and none of which you picked up on, but so, so I'm going to intro it for you tonight. The topic that I want to cause, cause you know, when, when Miranda wasn't going to be here, I was like, what can we talk about that she would not want to partake in? Because I have this topic I want to talk about. I tabled it right. for last week. Like I really want you to be part of it. I really want her to, it's a perfect three of us topic. To talk about, we talked about the women's championships on her show. So I talked about, what we're going to talk about the men's championships on this one. Not ready yet. So I want to do it next week when all three of us are hopefully together. So I came up with something else that you and I are the perfect people to talk about here this week on this program. Patrick O'Dowd, we are going to go back in time and talk about what is affectionately known as. The greatest night in the history of our sport. Which of course is what, Patrick, go down.
5: That's Final Battle. ROH's Final Battle 2005.
4: ROH Final Battle 2005.
5: I got to bring up the card. Just so that
4: I have it up. You don't even need it. I you got know. it. I got it. I really want you to be able to go completely off the old cuff there and, and, and have some fun. Um, so it was a Saturday night.
5: you this not too long ago. I'm
4: sure you did. That's the thing. Like, you've seen this show more than anyone on planet Earth. So I know that, that this is a topic you can talk about at the drop of a hat. And that's why I wanted to, wanted to do that. It was Saturday night, December 17th, 2005. At the Inman Sports Complex in Edison, New Jersey.
5: Edison, New Jersey. Greg
4: Demarco, Patrick O'Dowd, and like eleven hundred of our closest friends. This was a huge card and a huge group of people, and just
5: wasn't it? It was one of the first times they were at. that It was complex, the first right? time they were
4: at Edison, right? right. right. It was. It was the, yeah, and it became kind is of. Is that one of the? Did them. we do one of the White Castle trips on that? Probably, maybe, because
5: that was a one-nighter.
4: Like, we didn't stay overnight. We went and drove home. Right. That wasn't oh, the, that the was... greatest weekend in the history of our sport. That's different. That was in May right. of that year before I moved. So, this was um, one show. We drove, we drove back, and in, in, in Edison, New Jersey, um, may have been a White Castle trip, may have been a, a, a stop at McDonald's on the New Jersey Turnpike and not talk to wrestlers trip. I can't remember. So.
5: No, we de- we definitely, no, that was like later. Cause I, I just think speaking of us talking about the university of Connecticut, I remember that night because UConn was like moving out and closing and you and I were like, fuck it, we're going anyway
4: and and blew it off. Did we get permission or did we just go? I can't remember.
5: For, for those of you, yes, your boss was like, who cares? If I distinctly remember, and my boss is really was is still really close with with your supervisor at the time, and so right. they just kind of did whatever yeah. that person did. But for those of you who have ever been around or know anything about like myself and Greg, I, I'm the I'm the like the paranoid rules guy. So like the whole trip, I'm like, should we really be doing this? Like, oh gosh, I can't believe we're doing this. And then like, but I didn't care. Like we still like I still went. But like the whole yeah. time, I felt like. What if we get caught? Like, what's going to happen? And we, we didn't get caught. And nobody cared. So, yeah. but it was it was a lot. I remember that drive back because we had to work bright and early the next day. And that next day was
4: was rough. Yep, it was, it was rough. But we did it. But we did. We, it did, we do did it. It happened, and and we uh, we definitely had a, a great time there. I was back before Ring of Honor had to worry about tape and television. Had to worry about any of that stuff. Like they just do shows. They didn't even do, do double shots all the time. This was not a double shot. It was one off. And we, of course, were we, we decided to partake in it and, uh, and and made that show, made that trip. And, of course, it became known affectionately as the greatest night in the history of our sport. Of course, that's a takeoff of Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone not there as far as we know, but definitely a, a grand old time. Had by all. At, at Ring of Honor Final Battle 2005. So we are going to go down the card and, and talk about it a little bit and, and just have some fun with with it and, and kind of go over what we did. So the opener, Patrick O'Dowd. Uh, it, and this is just I, it's just seeing these matches brings back memories. The first guy oh, out. Yeah. First guy out. Prince Nana managing Jimmy Rave. Going to the You're ring right. to go one on one with Milano Collection AT. Now, a lot of people listening to this probably have no idea who that is. They they probably do, but may not remember. Explain Milano Collection AT to the folks.
5: I mean, Milano Collection AT was the uh, he was a fashion model with his with his dog that he used to walk down to the ring. His uh, from, dog. from Italy, from Milan, Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, though he didn't really look very Italian. And uh, he, I remember he was at the first ever show that we went to. He was at Survival of Fittest, mm-hmm. which was the first ROH show I ever attended for that year. Tied it wasn't Samo your Joe first ROH like show. It was
4: my first. What's that? And tied Samoa Joe up like a pretzel.
5: And yeah, and he tied. And well, and that was his big thing is that he was very creative in the way that he used the ring ropes uh, to yeah tie up at the time of Samoa Joe. And it, and it became his spots, like his spots is getting his shit in but where he would basically tie up a wrestler into the ropes and not like in the corner, like in the ropes in the middle and it would like do a drop kick on them. And that would be how they would release. And he was very, he was very much like this grounded style of wrestler that like got over huge with the crowd right away. I remember I totally bought it. I mean, it's like that was my first impression of ROH ever. And so he and he was like the opener guy for about three or four months there, where that he that was where he tended to work. And he was he was doing the opener work this time with Jimmy Rave, who uh this is where we got a good look at Jimmy Rave's arm, if I do recall, because yeah. this, is, this is one of the times where he won some toilet paper toilet paper oh, back, yeah. and he, he had an arm. He could he could have been a quarterback.
4: The whole Jimmy Rave, so and we joke about Jimmy Rave now because I never still have right. received the things that were ordered almost a year ago. But um I mean he was talk about over as a heel. Oh my god. Oh, goodness. he had heat. People like the whole toilet paper gimmick was just amazing. Like people would just chuck. And I mean, it was especially this this show in particular, like the amount of toilet paper. Yeah, it was a flight. It was again, so this much was, this is probably the biggest ROH crowd you and I have ever been a part of. And Right. They just chucked it, and yeah, he was throwing it back at people, and just really, just and not so gently, people. Like, of course not. Like, no, he like nailed a guy. I mean, just literally. You,
5: you, I mean, you could hear the pop yeah. as as he hit folks. Like it was, it was crazy. And I remember the match was okay. Like it wasn't, it wasn't Milano's best uh, best uh, outing that I saw. Actually, I think his first one with Joe was probably right. was probably way better. But it really wasn't about that. At that point, because J- Jimmy Ray, it was about keeping Jimmy Ray's heat. Yeah. And keeping him moving forward because he, he, he was, he was nuclear. He was. When it when it came to like just how much the crowd loved to hate him and oh, him and with Nana, Nana was just a perfect, was just a perfect guy for him to, to, like, to speak
4: for. Jimmy Rave to me and I hate to say this because that, you know, Another person who's been on the show and, and, of course, ascended to the mountaintop in Ring of Honor. But to me, it, he he would be like if, if Ring of Honor put titles on people in two thousand five, two thousand six, the way they do now. He would have had a Matt Taven like world title run, is, is what he would right. have had. Like he right, was right. Matt Taven before Matt Taven was Matt Taven. And Jimmy Rave, of course, you know never made it to. I mean, he made it to TNA and he was part of the Rocket Rave infection and all that stuff. But he was. You know, career just cut short by injury and substance abuse and, and has turned that around professionally and, and done just fine. But um it's definitely, you know, it's just such a great opening match. A good twelve minute great affair. great scowl. Yeah, oh yeah. Like perfect Send heel. That. Perfect heel. And 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 just the pairing with him being the crown jewel of the embassy, being with Prince Nana, like it just worked. You wouldn't think it would work, but it just worked. And right, Nana right. again, another guy who just never got his dude would never got his real opportunity. Like Prince Nana to me should be a manager in Impact Wrestling or AEW or even WWE. Like he should have made it and just I don't know if he wanted to or not, but yeah, definitely uh one hell of a performer. Match number two on the card was Cold Cabana going one on one with Azriel. Azriel. Azriel and, was like and, I'm trying to think of a so, good comparison. Like Maybe like Apollo Cruz level on the card. No,
5: even Azrael was on his way out at this point. Like he was, he was definitely on his downward slope, and he because he was part of Lacey's Angels, if I do recall, he was. I think he was was
4: part of what was that faction that Jimmy Rave was in? Not Jimmy Rave. Jay Lethal was in when they first started. It was before, we really started. Oh
5: gosh, it was like yeah, it it was like those. It was like a bunch of ravers
4: though. Like right, like hell they were called now. um, Will come to me later but i think he was part and of that.
5: He, yeah but by the time we get to by the time we get to final battle 2005 like he's just a guy i think on he the might car. have actually
4: already been quote unquote released from the company but brought back right. because he was again this wasn't supposed to be cabana versus Azrael. this was supposed to be Colt Cabana versus homicide and right. homicide was injured in his match with steve Carino leading up to this in in right. new york that featured steel cage warfare and i believe that's where it took place and right. and so it was, you know, Azrael was kind of the substitute, which is a little bit of a letdown. Right. You know, we expected the craziness of well, of of homicide, hey, but they,
5: but they told it. But they told it pretty. Here is the thing: is the match itself is is kind of secondary to the story yeah. they were trying to tell. Because at this point, Cole Cabana is feuding with Homicide, and this is a turn for Cole Cabana into this more serious sort of character. Right. Like everybody knows him as the fun loving guy, and in this whole match, Azrael is like. Wanting to have fun with Colt Cabana, like and play along with a lot of his stuff, and he's trying to. Get, and there's this memorable spot where Cabana keeps going into the ropes, and Azrael keeps sticking out his leg to trip him. Yeah. And Cabana gets mad at him, and keeps getting mad at him. Finally, Cabana's like, "If you do that one more time, I'm going to slap the piss out of you." And he sticks his foot out again, and Cabana paintbrushes right. him, just and Azrael oversells it, but it was still a really good slap. And it's like, it's serious Cabana.
4: Yeah. And then of and, course, I mean, you know, Cabana does get the victory as he should. And yep. with the Lariat, Uh and then outcome homicide and Ricky Reyes and homicide does reveal. He's going to be out for six months, warns him that after he kills Steve Carino, although he called him Steve Cadito or whatever he did, yeah. Uh, then he's coming after him, stay out of his business or do bad thing, all that stuff. Like they didn't come to blows, nothing like that. But of course the best part of it, was the homicide entrance like homicides entrance at the time? Lights go fully out. You get the Kill Bill sirens. Like you just get it's everything, and, and it was just right. such a good, such a good setup. And and that was, I just
5: remember that when when that when the sirens would hit, you would like you and I would yell, "Uh oh!"
4: Yep. Like you just knew, like, "Uh oh!" You just knew. Let me let me see if an ad plays. Hang on, we're gonna there we go. <laughs> All right, it's enough of that. But yeah, it was just, and we didn't know he was going to be there. He wasn't announced. It wasn't no, anything. Yeah. So Homicide showed up, and we went to the show in November where Homicide was supposed to wrestle and didn't because of supposedly legal reasons, but because he couldn't leave the state of New York, but yet he showed up later, and Colt Cabana wrestled B-Boy. Right, and of course, Homicide came out after that too, and we got the Homicide. So, so two straight Ring of Honor shows for us. We got two straight Homicide surprise entrances, um, and and they did not come to blows. However, spoiler alert: this would not be the last time we saw Homicide this evening.
5: Yeah, that is um, correct.
4: But Cabana goes over a little, you know, what eight minute match, and and that's it. Yeah, match- that was,
5: yeah, it was a little nothing burger.
4: I mean, the the whole, the, the, the shenanigans afterwards probably took almost the same amount of time. Um, and that's right. what it was all about at this point. This was just to extend that story until we could finally get to it. Match number three was for the Ring of Honor Pure Wrestling Championship. Of course, salient point now is they're bringing that back and they're in the midst of their tournament. And I've been kind of retro reviewing them. I've gotten through two episodes of the Pure Tournament so far, which you can hear over at the dot shot.com. Nigel McGuinness. Versus Claudio Castagnoli. Nigel McGuinness was the defending, the reigning defending undisputed Ring of Honor Pure Wrestling Champion. Claudio Castagnoli, of course. Long, thinning hair. Now better known as the bald-headed Cesaro in WWE. Nigel McGuinness, part of the commentary team for NXT UK. Uh, Just as he's back over in the UK now. And the story here was that Nigel had been cheating... Against Claudio in all of the yep. pure wrestling championship matches that so there were two referees for this match. Because, of course, you know, it's like in in, re- in in football, when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. In referees, when you have two – when in wrestling, when you have two referees, you have no clean decision. That's basically what happens. 1,000%. Um, right. Of course, the pure wrestling rules – you get three rope breaks, and and you get uh, one warning if you use a closed fist. If you use a second closed fist, it costs you a rope break, a rule that you're not using now, by the way. You get a warning, really? and then you get disqualified. They no longer will charge you a rope break for a closed fist, which I, I liked that rule in the past. At the time, there was also a hard 20 count on the floor. Now all Ring of Honor matches have a 20 count on the floor, so that's also not as important a part of it, because back then, Ring of Honor, you didn't see disqualifications. You didn't see count outs. And so the pure wrestling rules definitely did apply. And of course it, once you're out of rope breaks, pinfalls and submission attempts and the ropes are legal and, and can be, can be utilized. Of course we were at the, the, the survival of the fittest show that you mentioned in September of 2005, where BJ Whitmer challenged Nigel McGuinness. And the whole story of that match was what? Oh shoot. I don't even remember. BJ didn't know the rules. Uh BJ would get confused by the rules. whether or not that was a storyline or just real life. I don't know. But yeah, who knows? Like, who, who knows? Like
5: Randy Savage thinking he should pin Yokozuna in the Royal right.
4: R- the- Rumble. Royal Rumble, yeah. Um, so of course they battled for the championship. Uh, two referees, well, everything.
5: Yeah. Well, we got to we got to have the privilege of chanting Dusty finish at we the did. end of the uh, at the end of the match. But uh, for me, I will always remember Nigel won. It's a damn shame that Nigel McGuinness's career was cut short the way that it was, and that and his health and his body um breaking down the way that it did and not and not being able to continue to wrestle because he really was as good as anybody. And when he was on top of Ring of Honor, yep. so many people that. just don't know how just how great he was because it's now been so long since he was so yeah. great. And you can see it in the way that he was the pure champion and, and the way that they built his rivalry with Daniel Bryan later. I'm sorry, Bryan Danielson and ROH, but right. uh, Legendary. you saw it in, you saw it in matches like this one. And I remember the best part about this is Claudio gets the jump early on Nigel with rope breaks. And that's part of the story that's being telling is that Nigel's used up a couple of his rope breaks right away. And when Nigel finally gets a rope break, he turns around to the crowd and he's like, "One for Claudio," and then he gets back to it. And, and when he gets the second one, he's like, "There's two for Claudio." Like, and it was so, it was just him giving, getting back at the crowd, and the crowd, you know, wanting to get after him over that heel persona. And again, they, they it's so interesting to go back and s- watch those shows where the the face heel or hero villain dynamic, whatever you want to call it, these days, Greg was it was a little bit more genuine like yeah, and totally. just the like we, we we hated this guy because we loved how good he was at being a hateable guy and nigel mcginnis for those of you who don't know he brings an iron to the match which is what he uses a lot of times to get disqualified when he gets in trouble and in this case claudio manages with referees out of the picture or so mm-hmm. it appears at least well sorry um Sinclair was out of the picture you thought that Paul Turner was out of the picture but he saw Claudio waffle Nigel with the iron so when Sinclair counted the three we got the we got the raising of the arms and everybody knew what was going to happen you knew yeah we all started everybody started chanting dusty finish because Paul Turner came in and took away the victory because he saw Claudio and he, he was very demonstrative and like pointing to his eyes. Like I saw the eye. Like it was so
4: funny. It was like, he was trying to be
5: like, he was in an arena of like 50,000 people or something. So he had to be very demonstrative with his eyes.
4: It's very theater. It is. And, and it's sad. It's, It's almost sad because, that We thought that was going to be Claudio's moment, right? His, his mm-hmm. crowning achievement. When the match happened third, you kind of had to wonder, like, why is this match going on so early in the show? Right. And, of course, now we know why, because Gabe Sapolsky booked a, uh, a dusty finish. And I, I remember, like, the crowd chanting dusty finish was just one of those moments you don't really get in wrestling anymore. And no, you know, you I sure remember don't. the first time ever going to Ring of Honor, it was like a combination of a Japanese crowd and an ECW crowd. And I miss those days. Even today, it's not like that at all. I mean, today, it's, there's no fans. But it, when there were fans, it just wasn't the same. And this crowd was one of, you know, it was just your typical ROH crowd. The things they chanted and, and everything they did was just so perfect. Um, I mean, in another time, you know, things being different with contracts or whatever, Claudio would would have, you know, probably had a run on top of Ring of Honor, Akin to right. Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson, and Nigel McGinnis. like that's right. And it's cra- at the time you know he and, was more, he was the most money making man, and he was all. Oh, uh, he used to, he
5: came out to Sledgehammer yep. by Peter Gabriel. Man, it was so great. And in in a sense, though, he did get a top of Ring of Honor run in his heel run. He did with with Chris Hero and. Yeah, this is this is the other thing. One of the things I loved, you know, we talk about save tag team wrestling, tag team wrestling mattered in Ring of Honor. It did,
4: but I don't want to go there yet. Oh, this card is a pivotal turning point in tag team wrestling for Ring of Honor or for tag team wrestling in Ring of Honor. And I, know, so, I, know what you're, I know what you're getting at. And, and so I want to wait and, and talk about that in a moment. So I don't mean to cut you off, but I really want to, you know, hashtag save it for later in the podcast because that's gotcha. such a great point that you'll be able to make, but it, it really does deserve its t- time and place for that. Um, next up on the card was, I believe, our first and maybe only time, at least first time, ever seeing Steve Carino live. And saw... No, well, we not, drove not him in only. a van once. Yeah, because he drove him in a van. He was the only person wearing a suit. I remember that. Um At the Phoenix shows for Ring of Honor. Um, some five years later, now that I think about it. But... He was reading a newspaper. Alex Shelley, of course, joined the embassy. And he didn't sell out, Patrick O'Dowell. What did he do? He bought in. He bought in. That's right. And he would come in. And he did it all. He did the the embassy. I mean, he was just... Alex Shelley Alex Shelley, for me. I thought about it, this as I was thinking about this card today. I was always so excited to know that Alex Shelley was going to be on the card, but then it was always like a notch below what I thought it was going to be. And this is why right. I, people are going to kill me for this. Is he uh, overrated? Is he one of the more overrated wrestlers in, in history?
5: I mean, I don't think so. If for no other reason than I love the machine guns like a lot like and and love them as a team i think you know what you just kind of described though is sometimes you have in your head like your hopes and then what you get isn't exactly what you get and so then that might color things a little bit differently i'll tell you the the thing that that took took the magic of alex shelley away from for (laughs) for me a little bit you know exactly what i'm talking about here it might have been we were i was going to use the restroom and the showers were near the restroom, and this guy comes walking out of the showers, and he is shorter than I am. And I'm like, that's that's Alex Shelley. Wow, Fair he's enough. little.
4: Yep. He's so
5: I mean he can kick my ass, but he's so little, which he's is like, really funny because
4: Alex Shelley is billed yeah. at
5: 5'10. He is not 5'10. You and I that are the, the same lie.
4: Lie. He is not 5'10. <laughs> That's the, that is not true, friends. He's shorter than we are, and we are not five ten. so Alex Shelley is definitely not five ten um, but that's what he's billed as so whatever
5: well, and and in this match he this is another one of those matches where it's kind of hard to be excited about this because you know his role in the match isn't about him, it's about Carino, yeah. and what they're gonna what they're doing with Carino, and then eventually, you know. I, as you as you were mentioned, we we get our return of homicide at this point. Uh, after the the match where Homicide attacks Carino with as uh, Ricky Reyes with him, or is this one where it's just Smokes? Uh, both I, think come it with might, him. I think it might. I think it's just Smokes. So, like, yeah, he and Julius Smokes are out there, and they're trying to set up, uh, you know, Drano to to dump down Steve Carino's throat. And, Of course, Colt Cabana comes to the rescue. In a spot that, like, as I watched today, I'm like, man, I was so into that then, and today I'm like,
4: not
5: so much. That's not. I don't like that. I, I, didn't, do like that it if I then didn't like that. That
4: was just because. See, so good but I,
5: work. I just, I was so caught up in the moment, I didn't yeah. care. Uh and, and you know, and obviously Cole Cabana is fine now because he's getting used to be used on AEW. Apparently, I don't, I don't know what what's going on there with with him and his role there, but Dark Order. But it was, yeah, it was this big thing. So it was all about the post match. But Alex Shelley got the win over yep. Carino, right? A little roll of like action. If I 10, minute, ten yep. or so
4: minute match. And I mean, it wasn't about, that. even though with the match, like Carino is. It was is, fun. Carino's Carino. Like they involved a chair in the match. They did everything. Like, yep. like there was a lot in. I'll tell you what I was
5: disappointed match. in. I was disappointed that we did not get a ring entrance nope. announcement, announcement from Carino's personal yep. announcer because we had to have. Prince Nana and him get into it. Pie to him. start yeah. the match,
4: mm. and 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 we would see and, it on DVD because you,
5: you 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 hype trained that for me. By I the did. way, like that's the thing is you hype trained it. You were like these are always really great. He's going to say something really funny. It's going to be about New Jersey because we're in New Jersey or something. And then we got we got nothing. We didn't get five things about New Jersey or
4: anyway. Right. Do you remember the original? Do you remember who Steve Carino's first Ring of Honor ring announcer was?
5: Uh, no, I'm, I'm not even gonna pretend to try. No, that's a blast Bob,
4: question. It was Bobby Cruz. Really? Yeah. Before huh. Bobby Cruz was the ring announcer, ring of honor. He was Steve Carino's personal ring announcer. And then of course became, uh, and I don't know who replaced him and I can't seem to find it. Um, who, who replaced him as Steve Carino's personal ring announcer. I actually think for the gimmick, the guy who replaced him was better. And and the guy replaced oh, yeah. him did a damn good job. And crazy. yeah, I was bummed, kind of like you were bummed when you thought we weren't going to see Christopher Daniels at This Is War. I was bummed right. when we didn't get to see or hear Steve Carino's personal answer. Although to their credit, the crowd sure did pop when Nana pie faced him. So you yes, gotta, you got to know know which is hearts.
5: what Nana would do. Like it's of course. it's you know in keeping with the character, so you can't fault it too much. By the way, little nugget that you don't get at the live show, but is the be- One of my favorite parts of the DVD is that there is a segment with Carino fleeing the arena, talking to David, Pin- not David Pinzer, uh, Gary, Gary, Michael, Michael Petta. Petta, yeah. and, uh, and it's this, it is clear that the show has been over for a while <laughs> or that like it was <laughs> the Before the show started yeah. or after the show is over, but it's supposed to be like during the show, Carrito's trying to escape out the back door and he's freaking out about trail being poured down people's throats. And we really need to, I'm not coming back here until somebody gets this under control and blah blah blah. And it's it's funny because Carido's funny in it. And yet at the same time, it, it does remind me of kind of like, you know, a seventies movie where the boom mic shows up in right. the in the back. She's like, huh, this isn't happening right now. Like nobody's here. You can hear <laughs> people talking about setting up or tearing down the yeah. ring in the background. Oh, yeah. Like it's it's
4: the whole thing. It's great. It is great. You just don't see that stuff anymore. I miss those kind of things. You sure really don't. Do. So I definitely do, do miss those. Um, next up, now a thing business picked up uh, on this card. As we had the last match before intermission, it was a four corner survival match between yes, quite, it was. quite the names in, in Ring of Honor, of course. Samoa Joe, who at the time was the TNA X Division champion, Jay Lethal, Patrick Godow's favorite wrestler of all time, the Fallen Age of Christopher, Christopher Daniels, and. The man who was responsible for a soundbite that I just love to play so much that I got to find, and I, I don't know where it is, so I got to try to find this soundbite because, of course, I have far too many soundbites. Watch out for Keith B.J. <laughs> Whitmer. <laughs> Which is so funny because Plus that literally was born on this podcast many years ago. When Yes, it was. It was this big, huge announcement that BJ Whitmer was coming back to ring of honor. And we're like, and we used to call him Keith Whitmer because right. he was we, the most milk toast, bland vanilla.
5: Yeah. Listener. Like yeah. I'm happy for him. Like I was happy for him. Like in the sense of, Hey, you get to keep a job and, but like, let, let's be real butts and seats.
4: Not like, BJ people.
5: Pe- people were being like, sign me up now. He found, and, and really at this point, like this is, was, this is, was this Lacey's Angels time? Was Lacey post Lacey's Angels, and
4: is what's that? This was after Lacey's Angels.
5: Right, I, I think yeah, Lacey so might tough. have
4: been that might have managed him for this match, but that was coming to an end. Him and Jimmy, yeah, because It was him up.
5: and Jimmy Jacobs, yeah. yeah. Um, Watch out for Keith. Yeah, that's and that's just the thing. Is like we sort of looked at this guy and we're like, yeah, it's like Keith is showing up, but he's just not intimidating or scary. No, but he can go he's,
4: like he could oh, yeah, go, yeah, he can go. And the thing about BJ Whitmer was in ring, he's like two hundred and thirty five pounds, right? But in Ring of Honor, he's a big power dude, and he's right. got all kinds of fools he can throw around, and he's hitting exploders on everybody. He hits an exploder on Samoa Joe in this match that we just lost our shit over. And he had
5: like had that long hair back uh-huh. then, like it was like down to like the small of his back, uh-huh. and then when he like. Oh, yeah. Then he shaved his head. Like, he cut it all yeah, off. He went you know, blonde
4: later on. Then he married Kelly He was bald for a while. Everything went crazy. so And that um, fell
5: apart. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't good.
4: But this, star- this starts off because Jay Lethal had turned on Samoa Joe at the last yep. Ring of Honor show. And Jay Lethal comes out, gets interviewed by Gary Michael Capetta, and basically says, which makes no sense whatsoever in hindsight, that he was upset because he saw Samoa Joe's paycheck and he was making more than Jay Lethal. Which makes well, no sense because because Jay,
5: Jay had been the pure champion before Joe,
4: which he lost or, to
5: or Joe. like he lost to Joe, which would have been a better way to get into this feud was like right he, instead of the mentor was making more than the mentee, but the best part of that promo which you didn't even you didn't even talk about was the crowd chanting Joe's gonna kill you. What had happened previously to this match? that Jay reminded the audience of at the, at the, at the show.
4: I don't, I don't remember. You I
5: already me. beat him.
4: Oh yes. That's I right. beat
5: him. He's like, I beat him already. It's like, shut up. I beat him already. What do you want from me? And that was, and that was, that was the new turn for Jay lethal, where he was starting to steal victories. Yep. And this was a classic example where everybody and their brother has their finisher on, on my boy Daniels. And and Jay Lethal steals the pin
4: yeah, through because the back door. They all cause Joe hits the muscle buster on Daniels on the X Division Championship, but then right. BJ hits Joe with a chair, and then Lethal kicks BJ out of the ring, hits the ring on, right. on Christopher Daniels and picks up the victory. Hell of a match, too. Like just a highly it was a good entertaining, time. you know, four corner survival match. Which, the four corner survival match in ring of honor was interesting because it was definitely a way to protect people. Because right. it was typically it was a one-fall situation. So, you know, you had Daniels taking the fall because Joe couldn't take the fall, but they didn't need Joe to win. You wanted Jay Lethal to win, although it was kind of the beginning of the end for Jay Lethal. Like by February, he was gone. Like we went to the for fifth the first anniversary first time, yeah. show and he loses to, to Joe and then he's gone. So,
5: well, the other thing that was interesting, you talked about how it protects people. The Four Corner Survival is a, a way that Gabe often was able to manage multiple angles as well, yeah. because the other there was another angle that's going on there. And again, uh, on the DVD, they play it out in some interviews and backstage promos because Daniels and Joe had a, had a long history in ring of honor. Right. Like and Daniels brought Joe in, uh, but Daniels had never gotten the pin on Joe in, a, in like a one-on-one match or anything like that. And after this match, Daniels does a backstage interview slash promo where he talks about being muscle busted on the X Division title and how this has gone too far. And in the beginning of two, 2006, when they start doing the anniversary stuff, Daniels and Joe have like three matches. Yeah. Um one right after another that eventually where Daniels finally gets his finally gets his pin on Samoa Joe had pinned before Joe, then losing
4: two more times. He pinned Joe in the four-way match where Punk lost the world title. Right, the, right. The elimination match. But that was not a one-on-one. He gets the one on one victory in the feud that you're talking about. Um, cause you know, Samoa Joe is susceptible to flash pins. So he is very much so that, that definitely, gotta, definitely he,
5: those, those inside cradles and roll-ups you yes. gotta watch out for.
4: So, which we, we saw multiple times happen in Samoa Joe's career. Survival um, of the fittest, Joe. Yep, Poor that's guy. where I think it was Aries that eliminated him there. Cause yep. Aries is strong eliminate everybody and then fight each other. So actually it might've been Cabana. I don't know. I gotta go back and watch it. I haven't seen that show. I think before. it was Cabana. It might've been Cabana loves those roll-ups. So. He, he definitely definitely loves loves the rock. He's a course, he's a
5: Matt he's a Matt classic. Yes,
4: he is a Matt classic. This match also features Christopher Daniels instructing Jay Lethal that it's time for the moonsault spot. And whenever you watch <laughs> that DVD, like you hear it plain as day. But this is. And I saw, an, I read about an interview with Edge recently, where Edge talked about he was wrestling somebody early in his career, and the guy was like, "Okay, we're going to go to this spot," and like Edge turns around and does it, and the guy's like, "Not yet," and and that's the thing. Right. Like if you watch this match, Daniels calls for the moonsault spot, and then it takes several minutes before they actually get to the moonsault spot, and right. but it, what's really funny is that it's like. You know, okay, it's time for the moonsaw spot. And then you hear Daniels, come on, Jay, let's go. Like, it's like, he's literally, you know, he's the ring general. He's at the time, if you think about, okay, it's 2020 and he's a 50 year old man. He was 35 at this point, probably easily right. the oldest person in that match. Um, But just such a, such a great thing. And, and that's back, you know, when, when they could bring out the X division championship. And of course it factors into the finish of the match because lethal brought it into the ring and and then and then you know they, they did it out. Of course, Lacey and Alice in Danger had the little cat fight. During yes, the match they as did. Well, to, to let the guys rest a little bit, um, which is you know pop the crowd. Of course, um, I used to love. I mean, Alice
5: in Danger was in was in that nun outfit, right?
4: I used to love Steve the, Carino, would always call her a slut on commentary, right. Right, which is great since it's his <laughs> sister. But that's just you know neither here nor there. Just a really good match that that was highly entertaining. BJ, one of his, you know, was a hell of a star in this match. Like I said, did a lot of great stuff and and just really, really delivered big time. Then we went to intermission. Of course, saw little Alex Shelley coming out of the shower and got to hang out a little bit and have some fun. Then we came back to, at the time, the, the top of the class trophy holder, Davey Andrews, going one-on-one with Ricky Reyes. The gimmick at the time was that Ricky Reyes was beating up students. From the Academy. Trained, and, trained by Austin Aries, by right? Austin Aries, of course, because Austin Aries was was the head trainer at the time. And um and of kept course,
5: destroying the trophy.
4: Yes, destroys the trophy. And and on the D V D they don't even show this whole match. They show the beginning and the end only. Not that the match was very right. long. In fact, it probably seems longer on the D V D than it really was. Um Ricky Reyes beats Davey Andrews. What I didn't know about this until today was that 10 days later, Davey Andrews would retire from pro wrestling forever. And he was like the prized student that was going to be, you know, I
5: I was going to ask like whatever happened to him. And I was like, you were either going to be like, you now know him as blah, 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 or he's done now know him
4: as, you know, the manager of your local Walmart. But he, I don't know what he does, but yeah, he was like the prize student and he would retire from the business and, and you know, hopefully went on to bigger and better things. Um, and, and of course this is actually where they cut to Steve Carino leaving the building that you were talking right. about. Um, but this was really a whole thing done for Austin Aries to come out, which kind of stunk because then we didn't get the Aries intro with, with personal. We Jesus got a mini,
5: we, we got a many times later.
4: Yeah, we did. You're right. Um, <laughs> But he comes out and just destroys Ricky Reyes, like, with personal shit about his drinking problem and everything. And, and so just rips into him completely. And then basically says, you know, and, and Roddy comes out too. is like, well, we're here. Let's bring out the tag champs and have our match, which, of course, is the <laughs> Ring of Honor World Tag Team title match. Tony Mamaluke and Sal Renaro defending said championships against the uh, representing Generation Next Austin Aries and Roderick Strong. Now, interesting. What I have is my reference is saying that Aries and Strong earned that match by beating Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal at a Night of Tribute. I thought they earned the match by winning Steel Cage Warfare against the Embassy, but apparently I'm wrong. So, that that's how oh, I yeah. thought they. You're ended, wrong. But, but whatever. Um this is so Tony Mamaluke and Sal Renaro, of course, beat BJ Whitmer and Jimmy Jacobs to become Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Or maybe they beat the no.
5: The, it, was them. it was them.
4: They didn't. Funny beat story,
5: because they they beat them at uh, Joe versus Kabashi. Oh, okay. Which was the other show that I watched.
4: Yeah.
5: Uh, <laughs> when, when we were talking about this randomly not too long ago. Okay. Because when they because when they showed up, I was like, oh, is this when they did that? Is this when that happened? Yeah. Because, I mean, you let's talk. I mean, let's be real. It was the transitional champs. Oh, big time, big time. At, 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 at its biggest definition.
4: Hell, had five title defenses, right? Which never were Potter they is still a transitional. Never champion. were they after intermission until this one, which is right. the point I wanted to make. Like this was, there's there's transitional champs, and then there's. Tony Mamaluke and Sal Renaro. like they, they weren't just transitional champs to get to Belts are They were transitioning the titles from an undercard act to a main event act, and right. that's what I wanted to talk about here. Like, okay, okay. Roderick Strong and Austin Aries win the match. Like, obviously, okay, we all knew that like, was going to happen.
5: It was a, it was a, it was a surprisingly sustained
4: squash. Yeah, it was like, like the, the, the the longest extended squash ever. Like, it really was. Like, you just knew what was going to happen. You knew what, what, you know, it was an 18 minute match that didn't need to be an 18 minute long match. It was literally an 18 minute ass kicking for Aries and strong just to to get all their shit in and show that they're a great tag team, which they were. But after this, I mean, tag team wrestling took off in ring of honor.
5: Yeah. Well, and you look at, because at the start of the next year you get, uh, not not right away in January, but we were there for it when the Briscoes come back. Mm-hmm. The at the fourth the anniversary tag show. Team. Yeah, the Briscoes came back. Yep. the fourth anniversary show. The Briscoes come back. You're going to get the Kings of Wrestling are going to start show are going to show up later in the year. It it just became a legitimate thing, you know. And I remember like there was a period after this, like oh six oh seven where it was every bit as hot as any other few, like you look at like Owens and Generico and their chase after um, Jimmy Jacobs and Tyler Black slash Seth Rollins for all of you. Now you look at, you know, people going after the Kings of wrestling. It was, it was just as important. And and for a fan of tag team wrestling, like was so excited when one of the Massachusetts shows that ring of honor did was the tag team tournament to crown new champions, Mm -hmm where everybody was certain that that was going to be when Owens and Generico, or sorry, Owens and and
4: Generico. It's
5: not Owens. Yeah, Steen and Generico were going to finally win the tag titles. And they, I mean, they even did the hope spot. They even did the Generico gets taken out and has to come back from the back to try and save the day. And they still lost that match, which was great booking by Gabe when they finally did win that match in Boston. Uh, And I was there for that one too. Because that was his big, uh, holy, I had so much fun at that show. Because nope. I had seen them not get it. And then to see exactly. them get it, Perfect like, chaos. being a part of that
4: was great. But this but, match, uh I want to go back to this match. Because yeah. Mama Luke and Ra- like, we all knew what was going to happen. Like, we all oh, yeah, knew. yeah, totally. and, and it was okay that we all knew. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's, it's imagine a right. show where every single person in the building knows what's going to happen. And every single person in the building wants it to happen, and and, and right. everybody was just waiting, and everybody was okay waiting, and and just watching Aries and Strong do their thing. One of my favorite moments is when, um, you know, you know, Roderick Strong get, you know, goes in the corner, does his chops, tags in Austin Aries, Austin Aries, and Roderick Strong, of course, at the time was known for chopping the hell out of people. Aries yeah. tags in and chops Mama Luca Renaro him, and the crowd boos because this chop wasn't loud enough or whatever. So he tags and poor Mama Luca Renaro. He tags strong back in it, just so he it could was, it was again. Sal. Was it Sal? Of course it was. So poor yeah. Sal, poor Sal. I
5: mean, bless his heart. Like he's still working today. I think he still he's works still, for
4: impact wrestling.
5: Um, didn't we see him? Yeah, in I, uh, I saw him. I saw him on NWA. Did on you, the, okay. uh, on the studio show? Um, uh, on those so i don't know if he's still working with them with if he's working for nwa them, he's local. not
4: working for back wrestling i'll tell you that no one works right. for both those companies it's just not a thing no they hate each other
5: but um but no that sal, sal Renaro is still he's he different different look now he no longer has trunks that say save by the sal in the Save by the bell letters so bless, classic, bless his heart. he's, he's moving sal forward Renaro. there
4: yeah it was just he, so good so it, it was and and they finally win, you know, it's it's strong with the backbreaker, Aries with the 450 and generation next becomes the ring of honor world tag team championships. The second straight final battle where um, Austin Aries wins a world title is he had the shocking win over Samoa Joe in 2004, winning the ring of honor world championship there. Um, This of course, Steve Williams, Doctor Steve Williams, Terry Gordy referred to as the Miracle Violence Connection, the author of of my reference here calls Sal Renaro and Tony Mamaluke the Miracle Jobber Connection. So that is is it. You know, it, it's it's and it, it kind of came from FIP, and that that's how this did. But it right. just this this put tag team wrestling in the main event for Ring of Honor. Hell, we talk about the two Phoenix, Arizona Ring of Honor shows. The first night was main evented by the American Wolves and the Briscoes. It's the famous match we talk about where Adam Pierce tells them to go home whenever they want to, and they wrestle for another, like, 30 minutes. And and we joked with Adam Pierce the next day about what those guys did, and his response was, because they're stupid. So that's everything we needed to know about Adam Pierce in one interaction. Um but this is just a great example. Again, the finish is the foregone conclusion, but yet it was worth kind of like when Kofi Kingston beat Brian Danielson at WrestleMania 35, you knew, or Daniel Bryan, excuse me, I'm in ring of honor mode. You knew what was going to happen, but you were ready for it. You wanted it. You wanted it to build. You wanted everything. So that was, that was it, which brings us to the final two matches of the night. Um, maybe one of the best one, two punches of, of two main events ever. I don't know who knows, but, the first one, of course, the Ring of Honor World Championship match. The American Dragon, Brian Danielson, defending against pro-wrestling Noah Starr. Uh, hadn't yet ascended to the mountaintop there. Naomichi Marifuji. And uh, well, I want to talk about opinions on the match. Because once we talk about the two final matches, then we can kind of talk about which one was better. Because it's it's a fun little thing for you and I to talk about. But... The great match between these two, just, just a, a game of one-upsmanship and, and just trademark right. Brian Danielson.
5: Right. The, the thing that I loved about this was, um, you got to see some of those, like Brian, Brian Danielson was really starting to adopt some of those like famous heelish tendencies that he would have later on throughout his, his run as the champ. Like he would tease the surfboard and then not do it and do a knee stomp. He would get somebody in a into a corner or into the ropes, and wait till the referee was at four. Let him go and say, "I have till five, referee." And he would put five fingers up, and there people was, really got into that.
4: I don't know what match it was. But there was a match where he he doesn't do that in in WWE. He puts somebody there and the ref counts to four and Danielson breaks. Brian Daniel, you know, Brian, Daniel Bryan breaks and he's a heel at the time. And Corey Graves on commentary goes, "He has till five, referee." And Corey right. Graves is just so underrated. Whatever, like he knows. Know. he knows, he Lucky knows. Lucky
5: bastard. Anyway,
4: <laughs> uh... oh my goodness, that was a a very. Um... A very well placed comment by by you. Thank you, Patrick doubt. I just, very yeah, I think
5: comment. you described it so well. A-B-U-L-O-U-S. Uh, like, I was trying to get so serious. I, 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 I was trying to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it for you. You're like, nope. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna play right over it. Why not? I appreciate. And it was an appreciation, of course. So uh, thank you for that. The one husbandship thing was was yeah. It was just like every everything seems to be an attempt to top the other one. And, you know, and they, they start off just, you know, with slaps to the back of the head after putting each other in headlocks and things like that. And just the moves get bigger and bigger and bigger until, yeah. you're, until you're at the end and you're, like, you're out of your chair. Like, I just, I remember we, we stood up for half, half the match and yeah. half the next one.
4: Yeah, it was just so good, and, and and it was really like there were points in the match where you're like, okay, I'd be okay with Marifuji Fuji winning, like right. And, and this was just the really the beginning of of Danielson's run. He'd won the belt in August, and and you know, and and of course he's working, you know, just just a phenomenal wrestler, athlete, everything, and and just so many good things like a spinning toe hold that you don't see all the time. It was like. Brian Daniel, like if you think Daniel Bryan is good, and he should, and you should because he is, right, absolutely. You need to go watch some of his matches from Ring of Honor at, when he was on his world title run because he is amazing. He is legitimately one of the greatest wrestlers to ever step foot in a ring, and that is one of the greatest right. runs any individual has ever. And,
5: had. and and just to put it out there, and to bring back a name we've already talked about, his feud with Nigel McGuinness, mm-hmm. and the two of them, it's... It's as good as anything you can possibly watch in a ring. They were so good.
4: When Ring of Honor was doing their pay-per-views where they would pre-tape them and kind of release them. And we went to Respect His Earn 2. I don't remember the name of it, but there was one that they filmed somewhere. But then they, in like Philly or somewhere else, ran a match with Nigel McGinnis and Brian Danielson. I think unannounced or I don't even know. And they ended up using that on the pay-per-view broadcast. So the first like four matches were in one location. Then they went to this other match and it was a weird, it was like super dark and smoky where the arena was, which, you know, is a look I love in wrestling. And those guys just beat the hell out of each other. Like that match is one of the <laughs> best. I need to find it and watch it because that, that match is just insanely good. Um, it ends up on the DVD of the original show. It was on like as a bonus match, but it's also on that pay-per-view. Um, And and just such such a good match and um and it's 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 interesting because the review that I have in front of me for this talks about basically says the first half of the match had no heat and Marafuchi seemed unmotivated and I don't know that that's accurate I don't
5: know that they were watching the match I don't know as people that were there I I think it was more
4: the gimmick like I think he was basically trying to pretend that that. Brian Dennison was in his league, and and that right. this was going to be an easy night's work for him.
5: Right, and throughout the the, the match builds like that's that's the other thing is a good match shouldn't start off or doesn't always necessarily need to start off with. I was going to say we can't say it shouldn't
4: Raptors. start off because there's the next match.
5: Right, but. They Again, it was a story that was being told, and there was a back and forth there, and they really built up the drama and pulled the crowd in as they sped things up. And it was a slow starting match because they're feeling each other up or feeling each other out, <laughs> not up. That's different. you right. And again, but it's one upsmanship. Like it's, yeah. you know, they're chain wrestling and trying to show each other up. Then then they start moving into some bigger moves and they start going for drop kicks and hurricane ranas and drop toe holds and back elbows and roaring elbows. And like it just gets harder and faster all the way through. And was it by the end of that match, it's it's very dynamic, just in, in just very not flippy ship, but it's very flashy in the way that it ends. And I use that word intentionally, knowing right. what we're going into in the next match.
4: Well, and it flashy too, because it was the good old flash pin. You know, it was a big right. roll-up sequence that led to the finish of the match, um, where, where Danielson was able to hold him down, a 24-minute match. Just a great match, a great title defense for for Brian Danielson. Um, and, and a lot of people thought that should have been the main event. It wasn't. The main event was, of course, Kenta defending the GHC Junior Heavyweight Championship against Loki, in in the one on one affair. Of course, this match had like the ceremonial reading of of the decree that they do for, for Pro Wrestling Noah whenever a GHC championship is defended. I think you had people like presenting flowers. I mean it was the whole big get up that they could do. Um and it was Kenton it was versus and, and Loki. And we, we, we're highly critical of Loki. Like we just are like right. all the time. And deservedly so because he buys into his own home. like there's no bigger fan of Loki in this world than Loki. That's why you don't see him much anymore, but this is probably the best low key match I've ever seen in my life. And that includes all the stuff he did in TNA during the first run. So it's, it's, I mean, he just, these two guys, and this was our first experience seeing Kenta. I don't think either yep. of us had ever seen him, but we'd heard about the guy. And I mean, these dudes just from the beginning, like they locked up. And then within 10 seconds, Loki's hanging over the rope in an arm bar. Or right, Kenta trying to finish the match, and like these guys just beat the hell out of each other. This this was as minutes.
5: stiff a match as i like. This wasn't snug. Like this no. was stiff. This was so like they you you were in The first round of kicks like took took the wind out of my <laughs> my lungs. Like I can't imagine how Key felt taking that kick. And then he gives as good as he gets. Like the two of them really do kick the crap out of each other. I for me, it's the Falcon arrow off the top. Yep.
4: I was going to say every, you know,
5: every time like that spot had that pulled again out of the chair. Like it just.
4: Yeah. Seth Rollins would steal that spot, you know, 18 years later, but that was yeah, Cause, cause it's not just a Falcon air off top rope. Like, he jumps up to the top rope and then he leaves the falcon arrow like these two guys were brilliant performers and it's insane because yeah you know, Kenta I don't know I I think I think his career will go he'll go down as like didn't ascend to the heights he should have ascended to and probably the same at with least, Loki
5: at least in the WWE
4: everywhere like he he's yeah. he's never been the top guy but in ring, that's he's got true. the talent to be that's happened now. He's been marred by injuries. If you look at him physically, how he looks in this match, and look at how he looks now, he does not he looks nothing like that. Like the dude was jacked and, and was just an insane talent. Um and it's just such a good match. Such I mean, these guys just, like I said, beat the hell out of each other and and just just everything they could do. Kenta famous for the go to sleep. And of course, you know, and which CM Punk would later steal. Um, and, and then can't remember when yep. he couldn't use it in NXT for a while and then he would tease it and drop out of it. And then he finally does use it and everybody pops. That wasn't even the finish back then. Like that was the right. setup. That was, Usaku that was the lead kick. to the knee. Yeah. Uh, which he hit and just completely creams low key with. And, um, and that's, that's the finish. And it was just, it's funny too, because you're talking about a match that's damn near 30 minutes and it flew by, and I remember this is one of those matches that I'm watching, and thinking I don't want this match to end because I don't know where we could ever go from here. Like right. this might just be it. And here's the thing: like it nowadays, people might watch it and think it's a little spotty, a little too much. This is the difference between seeing a match live and seeing a match on TV or on DVD or whatever. Because 100%. this is live. It's kind of like Joe versus Kabashi, right? Like that match. Like I mean, I'm sure if we had been there. Yeah, we'd love it. We talk about how great it is and, and all that. Um to their credit, the guys who wrote this article both end it with their top ten matches for Ring of Honor twenty fifteen. And it comes in right. number four on the list for both of them. Um so that, you know So
5: yeah, so it's definitely up
4: there. Joe versus Kabashi, by the way, comes in number two for both of them. The number one match for both of them was actually the Brian Danielson Roderick Strong match that we saw live at This Means War, which was mm-hmm that classic. That it, was a great it was a great match. It was a great match. But this match just, I mean, we're sitting there and we're chanting five-star match and, and all the other indie bullshit that people do. But this yep. was just, just I mean, and it's these two matches that, yeah, there's a lot of great things about this show. I mean, the, the Claudio versus Nigel match and you've got the four-way and and, and you've got, you know, Aries and Strongway in the tag titles. But if not for... Brian Danielson defending against Naomi Chimera Fuji and Kenta defending against Loki. We wouldn't call this the greatest night in the history of our sport.
5: No, not at all. Like the the adrenaline that those two matches pumped into our yeah. collective veins got us back to, to stores Connecticut, relatively awake. Like, and I mean, I'm always kind of amped after a wrestling show, like even, yeah. even a crappy wrestling show, I'm always kind of amped up. Like just jitters, like just so crazy intense, you know, while we yeah. stopped at the McDonald's on the New Jersey Turnpike or whatever it was. I'm just making it up. I think it was, uh, it was you know, to to just think that it was so euphoria, it was so crazy and it made the whole, you know, I joked at the very beginning about, oh, you know, I was the paranoid guy. It didn't matter what happened. When we got home. It no, so it was worth it. It, it was worth the twenty dollars we spent it to it see it because that paid. was back when ROH was more affordable. Yeah, and I think we only paid twenty bucks for our second row seats.
4: Uh, I think this one and, we were like the fifth row. I
5: think were we, we were that far back.
4: back? I think we were a little further back.
5: Uh, all I, I do know quit. that you can see the top of my. You can see the top of our heads. Yeah, because we're on the hard camera side. Um, I think we're closer than you think. I think we might have been third row, maybe like before we kind of got onto the game that you could just go buy tickets for the next right. event at the, at the current from, event
4: from, from a sit at the table.
5: Um, <laughs> right. I, I don't think they do that anymore. <laughs> um, no, now
4: you got to be part of the honor club and right. pay like a hundred bucks for tickets, but yeah. Right. Not doing that. No. So here's my question good old dates for you. And this is where I love having this conversation. Low key versus Kenta or Brian Danielson versus Mary Fuji, which one's better?
5: Which is better. I mean, it's not a fair question, but um, I mean, it's a fair question, but and honestly, it depends on the day. Yeah. Uh, and, and like in, in my most recent rewatch, like Loki Kita was the one that, that I walked away from happier with. Like you just rewatching it a couple of days ago.
4: Oh, and, oh, I was and very Gannison, much. And I was Loki Kitta. And right. Although I loved Marufuji after that, after their, their match, like I loved all four guys. And and we would get Kenta, Joe, and Danielson later, which is just phenomenal stuff, and and right, and just so many you know good combinations of all those guys. Um, and I think we got Kenta and Kobashi on a Ring of Honor show at one point, um, which of course it was a, it was
5: made. a tag, right? Like they were maybe,
4: yeah, I think they went one yes. on one at one point too. Which of course Kobashi goes over because well, it's Kobashi, um, right? He had to go over. I mean, he beat Samoa Joe in nine minutes with an elbow. That's what they do.
5: There were some suplexes. <laughs> there were a few uh,
4: suplexes. There were a couple of them. Lots. Um,
5: go, go go back and rewatch the match, Craig. Suplex it's, city. It's, I know. No, I, it's, I agree. It's hey. it's still overrated, but it's
4: it's still good. There's more to there. Yeah. There's
5: more to it. than a know. Ob- oh, I know. The 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 Greg Greg Demarco Barry and Yoko. <laughs> it would not. It would not be my number two match of two thousand and five. Right in Ring of Water.
4: Yeah. No. Like I mean. We we'd probably the crowd, have, as
5: you say, the crowd makes that match.
4: It does, and it should, and, and it definitely should. Like that's just <laughs> what what they do, and, and and where they're at. But this was for me. It was Loki Kenta and, and all of that. So so you know, match of the night can be Loki versus Kenta. Can be Brian Danson versus Naomiji ne- Marufuji. What's your favorite match of the night, though?
5: My favorite match of the night, um. Gosh, probably honestly, looking uh, honestly, if I were looking at the show as a whole, funny story. It's it's Nigel and Claudio. Yeah, yeah, favorite it's, match because because it's the story. Yeah, it's, it's the story. story. Like it's totally the story behind the match. Like yeah. that's what makes it stand out. Like that's what I like. I remember more details from that match than any of the other matches we talked about. Like I even did it on the show. Like. Yeah that's that's what comes away with it like i acted out like you all can't see this because we don't we don't we don't stream our our video
4: i acted out paul turner yeah you did you did you pointed to your eyes you did everything yep you definitely did for me it's aries and strong versus the miracle jobber violence connection or whatever um right. just because it it's i just lo- we just knew what was going to happen and it was just like you know it's like Christmas morning. You already know what presents you're getting, but you can't wait to open them. Like that's what that match was. Like you just, you just loved every second of it, and they delivered on it. And you got your moment. They won the tag team titles, and tag team wrestling became a major thing for Ring of Honor after that. And, and we were all there for it. We were all excited. Um, and they just beat the crap out of those guys for twenty minutes. And I mean, they had their moments too. The heels did, but not like yep. or the whatever they were. But they weren't none. really heels. Nah, like it was, was
5: weird. Like. Tony Mamalu kinda of acted a little heelish for a while. Uh but yeah. had, the the, at the idea, nobody
4: cared. No, nobody cared. It was all about Aries and Strong. And it should have been, right. and it was. Um, and it was just great. Um So so we've got all those items. So last thing I'll ask you Favorite moment of the night.
5: Favorite moment of the night? Oh, it's the toilet paper.
4: Yep. Me too. This is toilet paper. It's hilarious. Because <laughs> like, it was just we knew we had toilet paper. We threw right. toilet paper. But seeing the volume of toilet paper was still Yeah, just, just, a, just
5: so much.
4: Like so much toilet paper. See
5: see, I thought you were gonna talk you were gonna ask me what like the most memorable ROH moment was, and and that was gonna be a different answer. Like
4: from the show or just overall? Just like overall, like oh. of all the shows, because we've been to so many. But yours is probably Steen and Generico winning the tag team titles.
5: Honestly, it's it's not. No. Um, though it's it's number two. It's Joe showing up to save the day against uh, Necro Butcher. Okay. Um during that feud. And I am trying to remember the circumstance. Or not um Joe. Homicide. Um, it's the Cherry one, Homicide. Yeah, the chair yeah. Homicide shows up. Homicide. Because Shakes Joe couldn't been- wrestle.
4: So Joe and Necro Butcher start off, and then Joe immediately powders out. You get the big brawl with Adam Pearce and BJ Whitmer and the CCW guys, and then here comes Homicide. And And you're like, whose side's he on? Right, and then he beats – and then him and Necro Butcher fight, and then Homicide throws a chair in the ring and says, fuck it. Let's get this motherfucker. And then then I don't throw a chair. No, we threw your chair and the little kid next to you, and and yeah, it was just –
5: it, wasn't, but, it was you who threw the chair, unless yeah. you're the little kid next to me, ass face. Which I can't.
4: Which I can <laughs> No, the kid was in front of us, I think. But yeah. we And then we, then we ducked. The chair, <laughs> and then we ducked. But then we also true. took advantage of the opportunity to be in the front row pounding on the boards. Right. Because that's what you do back yep. then. Um, but yeah, we did get to be a part of a chair riot. And, and that's something that will never be taken away from us. Um, but number anyway. two
5: is Steen and Generico. Okay. Like that makes sense. easily. And it's probably one in 1A. If you really wanted to get if you wanted to really parse yeah. parse there it. There is
4: the Eric Stevens Roderick Strong fight without honor with a ladder almost falls on us. That was one
5: where Eric Stevens almost dies. Yeah. Like Eric Stevens by scared, the way just, just scared scared for Eric third Stevens.
4: Retirement from wrestling.
5: So. Yes, I noticed that.
4: And this one He looks so
5: different now. Yeah, from, well he lost all the like
4: weight. He was skinny. You know. Yeah, he is. So He was so jacked with the Mohawk. Work, but it didn't work. Eh, you know but he's not he he used to be bitter he's not bitter anymore he's happy so he got to go out on this time so good for him but that is it so if you've never seen it go back find a way watch ring of honor final battle 2005 highest recommendation from from greg demarco and patrick o'dowd one hell of a show one that we got to be there live we've both seen it on dvd countless times patrick's probably seen it Four times as many times as I have, if not <laughs> more, but it is a classic in every sense of the word. E- you know, we could ramble off, I mean, of the nine matches on this card, we can probably ra- ramble off. There's probably a good six that would hold up no matter what, and and that's just yeah. part of it. And of course, a hell of a moment with Aries and Strong, immediately followed by just one of the best double main events you can find anywhere. If you think about it, those matches were each almost thirty minutes long. Plus, you got the intros. Plus, you got the post match shenanigans. That was almost an hour and a half of the night. This card started right. at seven p.m. We didn't get out of the building till like twelve thirty.
5: Yeah, it was this it was, was a, five a late, and a half late hour
4: night. long show, and I didn't want it to end. Like that's right. the crazy thing about it. Like the show goes five and a half hours and you don't want it to end. That's a mark of a wrestling show. And to me, you know, short of the weekend that we worked for the company might be the peak of, of ring of honor and, and live and, and whatever, just such a great night. And that's why we call it the greatest night in the, history the great, of our sport. in the history of our sport, because that's what it is. And yeah, it'll always be that it'll always be uh, something to remember and something that we're always going to have. So, Ring of Honor Final Battle 2005. Go watch it. The greatest night in the history of our sport.
3: Eight, seven, six, five, four,
1: three, two, one. Uh-huh.
0: This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShop.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShop.com.
2: Alright gentlemen, you have three minutes and you better make it good. We got three minutes and we're out of here. The clock is ticking and we're in the clear. We got three minutes and we're out of here. We got...
4: I don't even have a three minute warning. We're already 90 minutes into the program and it was a damn good time, a damn good stroll down memory lane. Um, you know, it's, it's ring of honors, not the same company it once was before. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think this return for ring of honor has been very entertaining as I've been watching, um, you know, this is available for free on fight TV and, and been able to watch ring of honor and reviewing it for the chair shot, which I don't do a lot of reviews. So that's fun as well. Um, And of course there's Jay Lethal front and center and and is still part of that. And uh, I've come to love seeing Jonathan Gresham wrestle now, which which is something that uh, is is more new to me. And just a lot of really good uh, action involved in the current ring of honor product. And and the non wrestling stuff is way too goofy for me. It's just weird. It's, it's, it's like it's on another (laughs) planet in another time. Like it's just strange. But once that bell rings, it's highly entertaining stuff. And, And I think they're doing a great job with it, but uh, definitely recommend that also recommend final battle 2005 Patrick O'Dowd on the Twitter at wrestling realist W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. We talked about it a little bit already, but let the people know what's in store for them. If they haven't already listened to this week's edition of your show, bandwagon nerds.
5: Like I said, we had a, um a, a super-sized panel to cover the season finale of, the Boys season two. I uh, had a lot of fun with uh, PC Tunney, Chris Platt, and Ray Cash, along with Dave. And in the second half of the show, we did an interview uh, for uh, with a guy named Tim Carlson, who uh, is the owner of a business called Staff and Branch. Talked a little Dungeons and Dragons. Got into the gamer side of of nerdum for a change. We haven't done that in a while, so that was that was a nice little uh, nice little change of pace after after what we've been doing for for months now. It seems like. I got to say, like,
4: uh, we've talked about it before, but the doing a show review one week at a time, just so much better than doing the massive.
5: One thousand. It's so much easier when the company that puts the show out, does it one week at a time yes, as well. That's true. Um, But it's, and, and these, I don't know if there's no way we could have done the season justice on any level. If we had tried no. to do the mass upload thing, because there's like the last three episodes of the boys are so dense which is why it takes so long to go through that panel really there is just so much to cover and talk about
4: yeah no I agree I agree 100% so um what's the movie this week the movie this week
5: uh because it's playoff baseball season we're going back to our childhood and reviewing the 90s classic the sandlot
4: mm, there you go very cool stuff so it'll be available talks. later this week over at thechairshot.com no Hashtag Miranda Show to preview this week. You can go follow Miranda R- Morales on the Instagram at the hashtag Miranda. Lots of great stuff still coming out over theterracottacom. I should have another Ring of Honor review out here in the next couple of days. Hopefully, we'll get another pod. as war schedules have been really crazy for those guys over the past couple of weeks. Women's Wrestling Talk will be available for you tomorrow. Just a lot of great stuff over at TheChairShot.com. So go check it out. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot. Pick up your very own ChairShot t-shirt. I think it was 27 designs currently available over there at the show. If you're local, November 21st over at the Sun Studios of Arizona, NAV30 presented by Impact Zone Wrestling as we celebrate 30 years of the impact and influence of the Navajo Warrior. Of course, every time I say that, I follow it up with the caveat, no, this is not a retirement show. He's still going strong, but we will celebrate 30 years of the Navajo Warrior. Get your tickets while you still can over at Uh When this comes out, Wednesday should be the day that the first match or two are announced for NAV30. So definitely check that out as well over on social media at IZW Wrestling Az. You can find me, on your, your social media at chair Shot Greg, the, the website is thechairshot.com.
1: Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Follow
4: that at chairshot media on all your forms of social media. And if you want something a little non-wrestling, of course, head on over to ndcq.com. Pick up your not dead, can't quit apparel reminders use that promo code demarco save 30 percent. that's more than just the shipping and the and the tax like you'll actually save money on your stuff and, and that's what's important so do all of that and hey next week we should actually have a normal show we're gonna sit down and go over the five major male champions in professional wrestling and talk about just kind of are they the best champions for those companies are they, they the best champions for those titles right now and just kind of go over what we're looking at and what we think real quick Patrick O'Dowd, Monday Night Raw, we saw the the Street Profits get drafted to SmackDown as the Raw Tag Team Champions. We, of course, on Friday Night SmackDown, New Day beats Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro to become the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. So on Raw, they just simply traded the belts. And so you being the tag team wrestling guy, that you are the hashtag save tag team wrestling. Thoughts on the hashtag belt swap that took place on Raw.
5: I mean, it tells you everything you need to know about how valuable the tag titles are in the WWE. And, and at least in the sense of, I mean, if it's as easy as swapping the branded titles, why do you have two titles? Make it make it one and have the tag champs move about. Because it's dumb. I, I hate it. I, I And maybe right. it's you you know me, I just I hate it there's a people like, that hated it
4: I, so I've seen people talk about w c w in two thousand. I'll be honest with you um, I didn't hate it just because first of all it's it's you know know what you're watching at w w e and sure, I feel like it was just the simplest way, right just just keep it simple
5: right I mean it doesn't make them not champions right. um and it's just no no it's just is, so arbitrary. They're like counting that,
4: them as new reigns supposedly, so now the new day are ten time tag team champions. Um, that's interesting to me. Uh, uh, it's it's okay. you know, but to me, it's just like they're they're they're, they're props, especially in WWE. Right. They're props. That's what they did with the props. It's new. It hasn't been done before, so we give them credit for doing something like that. It's really funny. So back in the nineties, um, it was actually part of the build to WrestleMania two thousand as we're coming out of the Attitude Era. When the New Age Outlaws were wrestling as singles wrestlers, Billy Gunn was the hardcore champion and the Road Dog was yep. the Intercontinental champion. And there was some moment they had in the ring in the build up to WrestleMania 2000, which just eventually ended up just, just being called WrestleMania, no number, no year, no nothing, where Road Dog offered to trade belts with Billy Gunn because everyone wanted Billy Gunn to be the Intercontinental champion and Road Dog be the hardcore champion. And people were mad that it didn't happen. Because that's just what they wanted to see. So it's just the fickleness of of wrestling fans. Yeah. You're talking about something that's, you know, 20 years later at this point. But I think people are overreacting a little bit, too, because that's what we do in the world of professional wrestling. I
5: I thought they still had the red ass over the New Day breaking up.
4: I don't think the Um, New Day are broken up. I I think the story is, is, first of all, it's going to be an opportunity for a faction to exist, able to exist across multiple brands. And show right. that they can't be broken up and they won't be broken up. I think it's, it's, could be a story for next year's draft to try to get them back together. It could be a story to try to negotiate some kind of trade, or it could be a story with Biggie winning the Royal Rumble. And, right.
5: Look, that, that was, that was my thing. It was like, maybe this is Biggie's big single shot that everybody's hoping yeah. for. And you if know, Biggie like wins when, the Royal the Rumble,
4: you're really going to be that mad that they have the new day on separate right, right. but they're not breaking up the new day. They might be splitting up the new day. Now it was great when Stephanie read off, you know, the draft picks and she was like the new day, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods. And they're like, you didn't say Biggie's name, say Biggie's name, say Biggie's name. And I honestly think, and, and it's just the way the draft works because it goes Ross, smackdown, Ross, raw. I think it would have been better if they announced Biggie first because it's almost right. like smackdown picked because raw didn't take biggie or whatever and i think you know it would have made it would have put biggie over a little bit if smackdown took E and then raw took whatever but i also hate how they do this draft so that's you know yeah i don't my, like it either i again my favorite draft i don't remember the year i think it's 2004 was when they did it over like 5 weeks and each week one new person showed up on raw or smackdown and it was a huge moment that. every time and then I, think I still remember.
5: I still remember Chris Jericho bringing in John Cena one yeah. year during their draft, and that fucking place went nuts.
4: And then SmackDown had no world champion. Spent weeks getting ready to crown a new world champion, and then right before it happened, canceled it all out because they just got Batista. And so, right, it was you know, it was just a great bit of storytelling and. And, and I just I, I hate this. We do this big giant draft, and not everybody changes. But they're just they want it to feel like the NFL draft, and it just can't. So
5: well, and if you're gonna do that, then you at least have to. As we go well past our three minute warning, um, if you're gonna which do that, this is have. the thing that this is the thing that bothered me is you could have Stephanie McMahon play the commissioner role announcing the draft picks, but give me a raw war room and give me a yeah, SmackDown war which room, which they did, the first so that time like it looks. Yeah, so that you have that look of like each brand trying to do the best for the brand, like out of the pool. Well, now the, uh, raw, and,
4: the the war room would not go over very well right now, in the COVID era. So
5: I get you. You you still so have a fucking Zoom call set up or something? Yeah. I don't know. Put that on the Zoom, but, so, right. but do something to where it looks like people are taking calls or doing. Whether Adam Pierce could be one, and whoever mm-hmm. you know, you fucking have Bruce Pritchard be the guy. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. Just have somebody there so that it looks like each brand's trying to do something. uh with Stephanie McMahon just announcing them, it's to me it's just it felt weird.
4: Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. It would have been a good opportunity to rebrand the tag team titles too.
1: Either right. as
4: a universal and a WWE or as a Raw and a Smackdown. Like like and, and yep. you know stick with that and start rebranding the other titles as Raw and SmackDown titles. Because it's just weird that we have some Raw and SmackDown titles and some world in WWE and some you know, whatever. But it is. It's a hodgepodge. It is. It is what it is. But, you know, it's WWE, so it does not matter. That is going to do it for this <laughs> week's edition of the Greg DeMarco Show. The three-minute warning that we weren't going to have, we ended up having. So I guess you're welcome. You got some additional wrestling talk outside of the greatest night in the history of our sport. Again, go follow Patrick O'Dowd at Wrestling Realist W R E S T L N G r-e-a-l-i-s-t you can find me at chair Shot greg and tune in next week for the greg demarco show but until then for patrick even for miranda who has only been present via text message during this show we remind you to always use your head <music>
2: ShareShot.com. Always use your head. Nice try, though.
3: It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car, like cooking, but without the frozen dinner easy way out. eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs or a German luxury car that's as complicated as Oma's Rouladen, to cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's
2: ride. You keep a busy schedule, 7 a.m. workouts, kids to school by 8, and the big presentation at 9. All that going calls for a full tank to help keep you going. That means it's time to stop at a Chevron. There's Chevron with Tecron for unbeatable mileage, plus snacks and drinks to go. Fuel for your car, fuel for you. Then it's off to pick up Rufus from Doggy Day Care at 6, swing by the dry cleaners by 7, help the kids with homework, and more. Chevron. Together ahead.